Thanks for joining us today for the Ramp Church podcast. We pray that you'll be uplifted, empowered and revived by this week's message. If you'd like to know more about Ram Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website, ramp.church/mcr or find us on social media. Now let's get into this week's message. I am I'm going to talk about moving forward into what God has for us. So Ramp Church Manchester, we are moving forward. We're moving forward and um, we're not going back. Anybody um, excited about that? We're not going back. I'm not saying there aren't beautiful things that happened, um, but we're going to build on top of all that God's done in the past, and we're moving forward. Um, I reminded in, in Exodus when the children of Israel uh, were leaving Egypt, and they are celebrating all that God had done. They had seen God break out in ridiculous ways leaving Egypt. But then they hit the Red Sea, and they come to a, a literal barrier in their journey. And they're standing there at, at, at the barrier, and then they look, they look behind them to the hills, and they see the Egyptians have changed their mind. And they're running after them. Then they start to complain to Moses, going, hey, uh, Mo, they're, uh, they're after us. Why, why, why would you have taken us out of Egypt if we were just to die in the wilderness. You know the story, right? Do you, come on. Am, am, are, you, are you alive, Ramp Church? Thank you. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. So Exodus 14, I think, is the chapter um, uh, roundabouts. Exodus 14, Israel's coming out of the wilderness. They see Egypt, and they're going, what are you doing? Isn't it amazing how fast we leave the plan of God? I mean, there were, there were such significant miracles that happened in the nation of Israel and Egypt that for generations, they told the same stories over and over. Uh, did you grow up with a family member who had maybe seen things in God that they just, uh, maybe it was a grandmother or an aunt, a great aunt who would tell stories of, I've been around, I don't really have those stories in my family, but I've been around people, um, older people who, had, who followed God and have stories that just blow my mind and they stir my faith. I mean, they're still telling those stories just decades later. So Israel had just experienced some, some acts so significant that they would sing songs about it centuries later in the Psalms. They would tell, God even says, this is so significant, I want you to tell your kids, I want you to write it on your doorposts, never forget what I did. Well, it didn't take just but a few days. And it's easy to point the finger, but aren't we like that? Aren't we like that sometimes? It's like we've heard specific direction from God. We've heard a word from God. We start out on the path, things get tough, and we go, whoa, 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 what, didn't you say? I thought, I thought that this journey was covered by you. You called me to this. You gifted me to this. You told me this is my identity. This is my future. Why is there a sea in front of me? Why is there a red sea right here? And now my enemies are chasing me. If they're going to kill me, might as well kill me back there where I was enslaved. Why would you send me toward the promise only, only then to have me pursued again? And Moses tells the people, don't fear. This is the verse where he says, stand still and see the salvation of God. 
And then Moses goes to consult God, and then he says to Moses, why are you calling on me? As almost to say, I already gave you my word. Why are you you asking me again about my will? Pretend I've already told you what I wanted to do in this. And then he says this, tell the people, go forward. Come on, that's a word for somebody today. Tell the people, go forward. I know you're standing in, in between a river that seems like you can't get through and an enemy that's on your heels, but the word that God has for you is go forward. You're not going back, you're going forward into what God has already declared over your life. And sometimes the first decision to follow God is, 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 isn't the miraculous, that was God's part. God was who, who got Israel out of Egypt. And they went out with, with spoils, they went out with, they went out with the treasure of Egypt. They didn't do that. They're, I mean, you know, they're halfway through the desert going, wow, how did we get all this stuff again? <laughs> I, I didn't, this wasn't on Gumtree. I didn't buy this. God put it in our bag. He put it in our carts and we left Egypt with the riches of Egypt. That was God's part. Sometimes the, our first step is when we come to that place of challenge to just keep going forward. Come on, just keep going forward. Someone say, go forward. So we're moving forward. We're not going back. There's gonna be some things that resemble where we've been, and there's nothing, nothing, nothing that can replace our history with God. That cannot be stolen from us. But God wants to write some new history through us, Ramp Church. Anybody believe it? Some new history. So tonight we're going to talk about, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to quickly dive into why we're moving forward, how we're moving forward, and then what's needed to move forward, why we're moving forward how we're moving forward and what's needed to move forward. So by the end of this message, my desire is that, you, is, is that you're, we're kind of at the starting point to get a bit more practical next week with some of the specific needs that we have to really relaunch, in a, in a sense, to move forward into what God has called us to do. So we're not going back, we're moving forward. So why? Why we're moving forward. Why we're moving forward. And there's three reasons um, Why? There's about a million reasons, but I want to talk about three. Uh, the first, uh, the, the, those three are the need, the opportunity, and the grace. The need, the opportunity, and the grace. The need around us is reason enough to move forward. We talked a little bit about this last week, but we're in one of the fastest growing cities in Europe. A thousand people a month, our population increases, net increase. That means, that means it is mission imperative that the Church of Manchester grow. You're hearing me. It's not, a, it's not, this is not vanity numbers. These aren't, these aren't things that we get to share with our friends that go to other churches and talk about how big our church is. That stuff will not last in eternity. It doesn't matter. It's foolishness. Are you hearing me? It's mission critical. If we, if we believe that God's called us to have, to, as the people of God, and this is, this is far beyond ramp church. We just have one little slice of the kingdom, but I want to steward our slice well. All right, But if we believe that the church of Jesus is meant to have significance in the earth to see God's kingdom ways advance in the culture around us, we've got to be taking ground. And that means growth is mission critical. Why? Because every number is a name. I know it's a cliche, but it is true. So the need is great. I was talking to a 
pastor friend recently who, they have a location in city center. And um, on one evening, they were doing an evening service. They have their own building, so they've been able to stay open some during lockdown. Uh, there were some police officers that, that kind of um, made their way into the service, kind of on accident. And so the greeters kind of greeted them, and then they caught, they caught some of the music, and then they kind of came into the back door and just stayed for a while. And then the pastor connected with them afterward. And and the pastor, you know, the, the pastor was a little nervous that maybe they were going to approach them about some of the COVID guidelines. Um, if a police officer comes in during COVID lockdown, the first thought isn't, oh, he's here to worship. So uh, the police officer started telling him sincerely, thank you so much for being open during this lockdown. I can't tell you how much this means. And then he started to explain how... Every, basically every negative statistic in the city is on the rise. Domestic abuse, uh, substance abuse, and that it's too, they're, they're every police officer is getting calls every shift. And it's to the point, and this is what the police officer said to the pastor, we literally don't know what to do with the need. Like, we don't, all we can do is, is just manage it. That's all we can do. Why is it imperative that we move forward as the church? Because the need calls for it. Because the need is calling for an answer that only heaven holds. Are you hearing me? Come on, are you awake tonight, Ramp Church? The need demands an answer that only heaven holds. And guess who has access to to heavenly answers? Come on, it's the people of God who have access to heavenly answers. And I am so thankful for a government who works for political answers. And I'm not going to despise that. I'm so thankful for that. But, th- but we need something more. We need something beyond policy and great, great policing. We need, we need a heavenly answer. So the need calls us forward. The opportunity calls us forward. There's, a, there's more. The, the, uh, Manchester has the highest concentration of university students than any city in Europe. Did you know that? If you drew, an, if you drew a circle around Manchester that was an hour drive, there are 330,000 university students in that hour circle. Can you believe that? Do you know how many thousands of those come from nations that are closed to the gospel? And instead of, instead of us going there, which is really difficult, God's brought them here. Come on, God's brought them here. What if they can get awakened in an encounter with the presence of God and be sent back, not not just as doctors or attorneys or accountants back to their closed nations, but as missionaries burning with the call of God. Come on, that is worth an applause. Called with the purpose and the gift and the spirit of God on their lives. The opportunity is reason enough to move forward. The need is reason enough, but we don't just have a need. We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity. We have open doors. One of the things to me, when I look back at our journey, the ramps journey in coming here to Manchester, I'm I'm constantly amazed at the volume of God's words. It was just, they were consistent, they were regular, and they were loud. And, uh, you know, I've pastored people long enough to see most of our decisions, life-altering decisions, often come with much less. They come with, like, uh, an impression. You know, like, why, why'd you get married? Did God speak to you? No, I just felt it. 
Okay, all right. You had a life-altering sin. You just felt it. Yeah, yeah. That's most of that's most of it, isn't it? Where you just feel like the Holy Spirit just kind of moved me that direction. That's not how it was for us to come here as the ramp. He had to get our attention. He had to interrupt what we were doing, and he had to open our mind and our heart to include other places in the world. And there were words like you like you would just blow your mind over over a twelve-year period. God was speaking. Why was, I've asked God before, why did you speak so loud? And I think there are several reasons, but one of the reasons is this, because I think we're in a window. We have an opportunity now as a nation. And God wants to seize that opportunity. One of the other reasons is I think people, have intercessors have prayed for generations in this nation. The same prayer that Jesus told them to pray. The harvest is white. Pray for laborers. To come to the harvest. So God said, well, they don't really know what they're doing. They're Americans, which is unfortunate. But hey, I'll take them. Let me, let me tap on their shoulder and see, will you come over to Manchester? There's been some intercessors who have my ear and they've been asking for laborers. They've been asking for help. And I think you may just be, just be dumb enough to come over. Come on. We said, okay, God, we'll do it. We don't know what we're doing, but we'll do it. Why? Because the opportunity. There's a window of time. Why are are we sending church planters already out from from our church? We're We're not even four years old as a church. Aaron Hornback, who you just heard from, planting a church right now. Graham and, um, Graham and Catherine Dunwell, two weeks ago, we sent them out planting a church. Why is this happening? Because the opportunity, the need and the opportunity demand that we move forward. Demand that we move forward. So there's a need, there's an opportunity. The third reason why we're moving forward is because of grace. First Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And then he went on to say how he works harder than everybody else. He was referring to all the other apostles. I work harder than all the other apostles. Then he says this, but it's not me. It's the grace of God inside of me. Why do we need to move forward? Because there are things, there are gifts and graces, Ramp Church, that God has given us that we haven't fully realized yet. And as good stewards of the grace, what the Bible calls the manifold wisdom of God, we have a demand on us by the Spirit of God to use the gifts of God wisely that he's given us. Would anybody in here say, every bit of gifting and grace on my life, I'm maxed out. I mean, potential. I am like, it is, I'm redlining there. It's like, God, just give me some more gifts because I'm, I'm, I'm fully using everything you've given me. Is anybody in that boat? If you are, here, here you go. Here's a microphone because I'm sitting down and you're preaching tonight. Not me included, none of us are there. We're all on this search, on this journey to go, God, I want to be fully alive in, in who you've called me to be. Why do we need to move forward? Because there's, there's grace of God that he's divinely given to us that we need to exercise. We need to be good stewards of the eternal empowerment of God that he's released to us. Why? Because we're going to give an account at the end of this whole thing. What did you do with what I gave you? So why do we need to move forward? Because of the grace, because of the need, because of the opportunity, because of the grace. How? How do we move forward? How do we move forward? Well, there's, there's many ways. I want to focus on a few different ways that we're going to move forward. Just a few here. And most of these 
are relational. Most of these are relational because we've been having church for the past 15, 16 months online. But what's different is we haven't been in a space altogether. And we have had communities midweek, which has been an incredible source of, of relational um, nourishment for all of us. I think it's, it's actually, it has been, I've said this and I'm going to continue saying because I believe it. I, I think it's been the most vibrant aspect of Ramp Church over the past 15 or 16 months has been our community. So, so if you've only ever experienced Ramp Church online on a Sunday morning, just want to encourage you, get into a community, into a Ramp community. It is life-changing. So I want to talk about how we move forward pertaining to the area of serving. Serving. So last week I, I outlined kind of our five-fold strategy, what I feel like even David getting five smooth stones from the brook on his way to topple the giant and our five main areas that we're going to move forward in Ramp Church, gatherings, communities, prayer, giving, and serving. And so just, I'm not going to revisit all that, but you can go back and listen to last week uh, where I dove deep into that. So I want to focus on that serving bit tonight. And the reason I want to focus on that is because just a few, just a couple weeks from now, uh, unless something changes in the lockdown rules, we're going to be meeting on Sunday mornings at Ramp Church. Anybody excited about that? Yes. So we are, um, we are actively and have been for weeks and weeks on, on a venue hunt. So continue to keep us in prayer about that. We were meeting at Stratford Grammar School before lockdown. And um, because of some building work, ongoing building work, they have uh, let us know. Um, with not as much notice as I would have loved to have um, that we're not going to be able to continue to meet there. Um, but that's okay. God saw this coming, right? And thankfully, he'd already started speaking to, to many of you about the building, the building topic here at Ram Church. Even some of our youth, some of, the, some of the strongest words about our future building have come through our youth, Ramp Youth. So thank you, Ramp Youth, for helping just kind of be the spearheading uh, hearing from God on, on the building need. And I believe what that told me is God's involved. Sometimes, isn't that just what you want to know? Like, where are you, Lord? I mean, I just need to know you're here. I don't actually need to know every detail on what you're up to. I just want to know, are you involved in this? And when you start to hear him speak, you go, okay, you're involved. I don't understand what you're doing, but I'm really thankful you're here and you're, you're, you're guiding us. So we don't yet have a venue solution. We have contacted dozens, been in touch with dozens of venues to find the right location, the right space that meets our needs, the right availability at the right price. And so we are continuing to search. Um, view, we have two venue viewings tomorrow. Um, and we're just, yeah, just continue to put pressure on that. So please, if the Holy Spirit brings um, that to your mind, you know why now. It's because we need a solution. But um, but we believe God's going to bring it. And the next thing that we need is ultimately we need to rebuild our, our, the serving aspect of what we do at Ramp Church. And because we know that the church is a family, we're a faith family, then when we get together on Sunday mornings, that's a time where we serve each other. It's kind of like coming together for Christmas meal. You know, I go back to my, we, we go back to the States generally once a year and it's, it's often around Christmas time. And when I go into my mom's kitchen, I'm, I'm 39 years old. But when I go into my mom's kitchen, I'm going to help prepare the meal. I mean, that's, just, that's all there is to it. I, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what, what, church, what size my church is or what, how successful I've been. When I go home, 
I'm doing whatever it is I do during the Christmas meal to prepare that meal because that's what I do, right? That's my part in the family. And I don't, I don't go, mom, I'm sorry, I'm overqualified for this, right? You don't know, can I, can I just send you, before we get there, mom, can I email you my resume um, just so you can put me on the exact right part of preparing the Christmas meal? It doesn't work that way. No, but I don't even think about that, do I? Because I'm not, I'm not wondering what do I do. I'm wondering who am I a part of? This is my family and I want to love and serve them. And so I just go, whatever it takes. I, mean, I just want to be around you. The only reason I'm here, well, I'm here peeling potatoes is because I love my family, right? I'm not even thinking about am I peeling potatoes. I'm just loving on my family. I'm just glad I'm with my mom. I'm glad my grandkids, uh, my, my mom's grandkids are around her. I don't have grandkids yet, guys. I know I look 15, but... Um, so, so serving is a huge part of, of what it means to be the family of God. And one of the things I've absolutely loved about lockdown is I feel it's broken us out of this tendency, this habit, to be a Sunday-centric church. That everything we do is focused around an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. And all this time and effort builds up to... To, to make this happen. And then everything afterwards processing what happened and can we make that better? And, and man, there's so much merit in that. I so believe in the gathered spaces of the people of God. There's nothing that I think can replace what happens in that space. But there's also nothing that can replace what happens in communities and in relationship. There's also nothing that can replace what happens when we get out into our city. There's not, also nothing that can replace what happens when you're fully alive in your workplace or in your family, in your uni. There's nothing that can replace that. But I don't want to so break us out of the Sunday-centric kind of thing that we don't see the value in serving each other in that space. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to swing the pendulum all the way the other way where there's no value in the gathered space. No, there's something that happens when we focus on the ministry of the Word, the ministry of worship, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And for us, God gave us a picture early on before we even planted Ramp Church that Sunday mornings is setting a table for our city. Remember that language? If you've been on a serve team before Steve Jones, you, you remember this set up teams early in the morning. Steve's been with us since the beginning, since before the beginning. Um, Steve's been with us. And we use that language. You know, we're setting a table for our city this morning. And that's what, that's what it looks like to serve. We're setting a table for each other, but also for our city to come and drink. Come, come and drink freely from the waters of life. That's what we're doing, and that's what our serve teams are about. So I want to talk about our core commitments and our serve teams. Um, and some of this is about, about shifting responsibility. I even want you to have a new framework as we enter into this new season of serving. And then I'm going to give you some practicals on what to do next. And these are our core commitments. Um, one of the things I want to do, sh- I want to shift moving forward in ramp volunteering is I want to, this is a core commitment, I want to respect our capacity. Say capacity. Have you ever been a part of serving at a church and it's like, it feels like every interaction is someone begging you to serve or volunteer somewhere? Have you ever been involved there? You're like, oh my heavens, please stop. Can you just, can we just be together for a minute, Right? And when we launched Ramp Church three and a half years ago, um, our vision was to launch with a fully functioning church. So we, we had a launch team that started off in our living room with uh, Stacy, uh, my kids, and I, and three people. 
And so my family outnumbered the people who attended that first meeting in my living room. And so then we grew from our living room and we, we outgrew that space. And then we moved right over here, actually, next door to the coffee shop at the Mess Cafe. Anybody walk into the coffee shop over there instead of over here thinking that that was Ram Church? Yeah, Garrett, sorry, my man, sorry. <laughs> That's our friend's kingdom company who are planting a church in Northern Quarter. Um, but they're starting their launch team meetings right over here in Mescafe. So let's just bless them. And I do just now. I just even want to pray for them. Father, bless Kingdom Company. And I just thank you for the work that you're doing uh, through, that, through that church and the amazing things that you have planned for Northern Quarter. And I'm just so thrilled, Father, um, that you have called that beautiful, beautiful church, that beautiful couple, um, to be uh, 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 Matthew and Claire Hooper, to be, to be um, lights in this city. And we love you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Um, so, so yeah, we moved to that, we moved that, and then we went from there to, uh, to Stratford Grammar. So, um, so we, our vision was to launch the fully functioning church. So we had, we had teams, I mean, every team, and we're like, we're gonna max out every team. We're gonna have kids ministry. We're not gonna start with no kids ministry and go, someday we're gonna have kids ministry. We're not gonna start with no prayer. We're gonna, no prayer meetings. We're gonna start with prayer meetings, you know, every fully functioning church. And that meant you launch with stretch in mind. We're gonna call everybody to stretch, 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 stretch. But sometimes you so get in a stretch mentality that you forget, I actually have a capacity. And sometimes that, that capacity is God-given. Are you with me? Sometimes it's seasonal. I believe God's always calling us to a gentle stretch. I'll get to that in a second. But I want to respect that capacity. You know what that means moving forward is sometimes uh, what we do on a Sunday morning in our gathered spaces may be trimmed down a bit based on our capacity and our serve teams. And so I, I don't want us to get upset if we show up one day and there's no coffee. Like, well, nobody's, nobody signed up to serve. <laughs> I love what Chris Hodges, Pastor Chris Hodges says. He says, we grow at the speed of your participation and your generosity. We grow at the speed of your participation and your generosity. This is not an organization. I'm not a CEO. This is not an organization that's like, we're driving forward regardless. That's not, this is a family. This is a family, and it, it requires something authentic to come from the inside of us to go, man, we want to sign up for it. We want to be a part of this, not a few people busting, busting all their energy and their bodies to call and fill rotas and make things happen, and they were on setup team, and they were on tea and coffee, and they were on kids' check-in, and then they ran up and helped with the kids, and then they came down and were on the prayer team to finish out the service, and then you know what they did? They packed up at the end. And they do that every Sunday, and then, you know, six months later, they're burnt out. Let's not create that. Let's create, let's create a volunteering atmosphere. And we so believe in this, we've actually changed our church management software system. And this new software system better facilitates this vision. I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. But that's how much we believe in this. So our core commitments, respect our capacity. Number two, pursue healthy stretching. Pursue healthy stretching. What do I mean by that? I mean, sometimes the, the place God wants to take you is inside the committed stretch. It doesn't, the strength doesn't come before the commitment. Do you hear me? The strength comes after the covenant. Is why people always feel before they have kids, am I ready for kids? No, you're never ready for kids. Ever. You can have one and you're like, well, the second one's coming, I'm ready. No, you're not because you never had two kids. You hearing me? 
You're never ready. The preparation comes in the commitment, in the stretch. I promise you, I would not prepare 40 messages a year if I wasn't pastoring a church. It's not like God, God looked at me and went, yeah, you're, cre- you're, you're writing a lot of sermons. You should pastor a church. What came was the, the commitment. God called me to commit to, hey, there's going to be people showing up, sometimes hundreds of them, and they want to hear what God's saying to them as a church. And I went, okay, <laughs> what now? He goes, you tell them. You tell them. Then the message comes. The commitment came first. And so there is a healthy stretch zone for you. You with me? So I want to protect capacity. And I want, we're going to build at the speed of your participation and your generosity. That means we're not going to get, in, we're not going to get up to our eyeballs in debt and, and say, God called us to do this. That's not going to, no, we're going to grow at the speed of your generosity, your participation. But there's also going to be a healthy stretch. Why? Because God always calls you to do something you can't do. Always, every time. Every time, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when I get, when I get into that stretch zone, what's happening is I'm getting into the space where I know, God, if you don't show up, this is going to flop. I mean, it's going to be, it's, the title on the video is going to be worst worship service ever on YouTube. That's what it's going to be, if you don't show up. That's when you're living in the stretch zone. If you're not there, I would question, how close are you to following Jesus? Because Jesus is always pushing us out of the boat. Respect our capacity. Pursue healthy stretching. It can be unhealthy. And then number three, this has to go with those first two. I'm going to trust you to say no. Sometimes we're overly sensitive in, in serving. Like, oh, you know, ah, I know what else they're doing and I can't. And that is just too much effort. I don't know your boundaries and I can't keep, I can't keep 300 people's boundaries in my mind. Are you with me? We've got to just trust you to go, ah, I just can't, you know, I'm just not able. I'm just, I, I just can't in this season. I can't at this time. And we've had people do that before. And I'm like, cool, yeah, all right. And we've had people go, I, no, let's do this. I, I'm actually, I want to be there every single week. All right, come on, come every single week. It's life-giving for me. This is what, we've had people who have said, I've restructured my life to give more capacity to Ramp Church. I had somebody tell me that last week. I feel that I'm reordering that God's put it on my heart to change up the capacity and what I'm committed to in other areas because I'm meant to give a larger capacity to Ramp Church. You have to, we have to trust you to say no. Respect capacity, pursue healthy stretching, trust you to say no. Continual improvement, that's our core commitment. We're always gonna try to get better. So I'm not saying your serving experience is gonna be amazing. I'm gonna say it's always gonna be better than the last time. That's my, that's my commitment. Six months from now, it's gonna be better than it is this six months. And then this is our core commitment for all, and this is what I wanna pour into all of our serve teams. This is, I live this way. I want us to have owners' hearts, excuse me, owners' hands and stewards' hearts. Owners' hands and stewards' hearts. I I grew up in, my my family was in retail. So in retail, you work weekends and holidays. It's just part of it. If If you've ever been involved in retail, anybody worked in retail before? Yeah, 
or even the food industry, you know, it, it's, it's similar. It's like you work weekends and there's never, I, Saturdays came around, like I never thought like Saturday was an off day. It's like, no, I mean, you were, like that is the busiest day of the week. That's when people come in is on Saturday. So it's just in, it was in my psyche, it was just in a habit, I'm working on Saturday. That's what, that's what you do, is just you work then. But we had owner, it, we were owners of small businesses and owners do stuff, they don't have job descriptions because this is what their job description says, everything. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what time it is, where it is, how long, how far, how much it costs. It's just like, I'm there. You know what I mean? It, I do whatever it takes. That's owner's hands. What would it look like if across ramp church, there was a community of people that took ownership over the work of God with their hands? And I just, oh, whatever it takes. I'm not looking, am I gifted for that? Am I not? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even looking at that. Do I, do I own it? Yes. Then, I, then I'm saying yes. I'm, I'm signing up. I'm here. I'm for it. But we have stewards' hearts. What does that mean? At any moment, it can change, and I'm not married to it. Do you know in my heart? I remind myself of this all the time. God, and I tell God this sometimes. God, Ramp Church isn't mine. It's yours. If you ask me to step down tomorrow, my answer, I tell him this. I tell God this. My answer is yes. Why? Because this isn't mine. My identity's not wrapped up in this. This isn't my source of provision. This isn't my source of, of, of fulfillment or satisfaction. That's you. And if you want me to, if you feel I'm better used to your kingdom somewhere else, you just give me the word, I'm there. I don't want that to, 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 put, uh, to put a lack of, of confidence in you about my future here. I believe God's told me to be here. But I'm just saying that's, that's about heart posture. Are you with me? Owner's hands, I'll do whatever it takes. But steward's hearts, you can change my role at any time. I'm game. Whatever you want. I can, if you want me to prophesy, I'll prophesy. If you don't want me to prophesy, I won't prophesy. If you, if you want me to check kids in, I'll check kids in. If you don't want me to check kids in, I mean, anytime, anytime. Owner's hands, steward's hearts. The next thing is core behaviors. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move through, through these quickly. Core behaviors. We have core commitments, core behaviors pertaining to serving. The first one is show up. I love what Mother Teresa says. Just show up and things will happen. Isn't that great? Sometimes just your presence means things are gonna happen. I'm there, I'm, I'm here, I'm just, I've showed up. I'm in the room. Number two, start by leading yourself. I am the hardest person for me to lead, I promise. Because I am so familiar with all my excuses and all the reasons why I can and shouldn't. And Start by leading yourself. Number three, I hope you're writing this down because this is too much just to remember in your brain. Number three, be the church you wished you had. I wish, I wish that could be my resp- I wish that could be a default response when somebody, when somebody has an idea. I go, okay, you be the church you wish you had. That's not our job. This is our church, right? Let's be the church we wished we had. Number four, ask yourself, confront, or cover. There's too much here for me to dive, dive into all of this, but this is about relating to one another. When we love one another, we always ask ourselves, confront, or cover. This, this needs to be a core behavior in our serve teams. Go to the source. Can this be a gossip-free zone? Can we just declare that? Gossip-free zone. Go to the source. Yes, that is worthy of a hand clap right there. If you have ever... If you've ever been the recipient of, hear, of, of being gossiped about, you are going to put a hand, your hands together for that. Let's be, let's be a gossip-free zone. If you haven't said it to them, don't say it to somebody else. 
Go to the source. Go to the source. Be ruthless against jealousy. Be ruthless against jealousy. Can I just get practice? This is too practical for you. In our serve teams, we need to be ruthless against jealousy. How how can we be that way in our hearts? Because we trust, as as Psalm says, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and and he moves it wherever he wants. So we trust that someone else's promotion was God-given. And I'm not gonna be jealous for that promotion. Are you hearing me? Sometimes you're over here going, God, what about me? I mean, look at them. Look at Aaron. He got up and I've never spoken from the platform. You give me words before. Why Joe never called me up there? Well, protect your heart. The heart of the king's in the hand of the Lord. You just got to trust your journey in God's hands. James says where there's selfish ambition and envy, there is every evil work. Careful about that envy. It's not a light thing. It's a doorway that's inviting the enemy to come and set up camp. Be ruthless against jealousy and envy. And then seven, let's grow in maturity. I love what Stacy says. Your level of maturity is shown by how you respond to someone else's immaturity. Your level of maturity is shown by how you respond to someone else's maturity. To me, the definition of maturity is this. It is I, when I'm mature, I use my strength to benefit the, those that are weak. It's not the ability to identify everybody else's weakness. That's what we think maturity is. I see that weakness in her. Let's have a prayer meeting about it, right? Let's go pray for her. No, that's not it. It's covering weakness with my strength. So core commitments, core behaviors. And then finally, what's needed to move forward. I promise this section will not be as long as the last one. What's needed to move forward? What's needed to move forward? And um, basically, here's, here's what I'm looking at for our, our next season of launching, of moving forward. I want us to look in a three-month window. And we, in many ways, we are, we are relaunching. This is a relaunching of the church. New serve teams, new venue, new, new location, and all of these things are fresh. And there's going to be a lot of people who have discovered Ramp Church in lockdown who have never been to a physical gathering before. If you discovered Ramp Church for the first time in lockdown, can I see your hand? Just raise, raise your hand. Okay. Yes, that is amazing. We hear from people nearly every week that have, yeah, come on, that have discovered Ramp Church in lockdown. I was meeting people last week who, who came to the gathering last week that says, that says we've, been, we've been with you since October. Like, this is our first time meeting. This is so, this is so strange. People have been telling me over the past few weeks, I feel like I've seen you. I'm like, so good to see you. They're like, I've seen you. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it's good to see you because I haven't seen you. So we are relaunching. We're removing into the mission field. We're, we're setting a new table for our city. So I want us to look at the next three months. And as we start to talk about serve teams in a more practical way next week, I want us to think about a three-month block. Now, that's a lot. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to call us to this because I think this is the next place for us. If we can go, I can commit to a three-month launch window to, to give it as much as I can, to, to put myself in that healthy stretch, to, to prepare ourselves where we can start to, to, to build up our serve teams in that three-month window that, that come kind of the middle of autumn, we'll be able to continue with strength and get, get more, more healthy, sustainable rotas. Does that make sense? My heart is that 
is that people who, who feel like, man, I only want to, I really only want to, I want to serve, but I only want to serve once a month. My heart is that there's enough rotas, enough people on a rota to make that happen. And there's some of you that are like, I love serving. It, I look forward to it all week. And that is what I live for is to come on a Sunday morning and, and, and play my part in setting a table. And I want to be on every week. And then we're going to be like, well, can you take off every once in a while? Because you need to just attend sometimes. And that's going to be our response to that. But the more people that are a part of that journey of this launch experiment, the, the, the easier the rotors are going to be, right? So if we can commit to a three-month block starting with our first in-person gathering, which would be July 25th. July 25th. Can you believe it? One week till the return of full in-person gatherings at Ram Church. I'm so excited that you're going to be a part. Like I said there, our vision is to have a three-month perspective on this next season of relaunching these in-person gatherings. And I, I really feel like this is a moment similar to our launch when we launched, um, it's almost been four years ago, there was, there was a group of people that caught the vision of what God wanted to do to reach a city through this faith community and had the audacity to give a unique commitment in that season to see it launched. And that's what I feel like about this next three months for you and for me is there's going to be a unique commitment to get this off the ground. And then what I feel like is going to happen is the momentum from that is going to carry us into this next season when at the end of three months and we do new signups for serve teams, we can, we can do that at a more sustainable pace. So I'm really looking forward to that. So what do you need to do? Well, you uh, really just one thing. Go to ramp.church slash MCR. All the details are there. It's right on the main banner right there on the homepage. And, and uh, I have a short little description there, a short little video that's going to tell you what to do. So ramp.church slash MCR. Every person watching has a place in this vision. We, we have big dreams that are bigger than any of us individually, but every person individually has a part to play and every person's part matters. So thank you for being a part of this dream, this dream from God that he's, that he's granted, he's gifted, he's graced us here as a faith family to be able to walk out. So the next step for this next, this next season Ramp Church is to, is to set a table for our city to experience the presence of God, to get equipped uh, in their purpose to find freedom, and then to be sent to do what they've been called to do in their worlds. You are loved. Thank you for being a part of this morning service. I'm going to see you right over at ramp.church slash MCR. Talk soon.